Ag State of Mind, episode 57. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. Greetings and welcome back to another episode of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a proud member of the Global Ag Network. I'm your host, Jason Meadows, and today on the show, we are kind of kicking off our November theme. Um, I know it's a little early, one month early, but uh, I want to do something for November where I am featuring men's health and talking about men's health. And today on the show, we are actually not talking to a man. We're talking to Chelsea Hansen of Sass Lake Farms Beef up in Minnesota. And she actually reached out to me and wanted to have a conversation around the importance of men in not only agriculture, but in society, and to give me her perspective from a wife, a mother, a woman's uh, a woman's point of view. So really excited that she did this. It was a very timely thing as I was planning this series on men's health, and she reached out to me, and I thought it would be tie in really nicely with that. So look forward to this interview and then the rest of November featuring some interviews with some really great men about men's health, about men's mental health and well-being and really excited for all the guests that I have on here coming this month. So, all right, here is my interview with Chelsea Hansen from Sass Lake Farms. All right, Chelsea, welcome to the Ag State of Mind podcast. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining me. You and I have connected over these last few months over Instagram and It's been just a really joy to watch your page, watch what's going on with you and your farm and your family. It's a, you guys just have a, I think it's just a really cool setup there. So tell everybody about that, about, you know, where you are, your background, how you grew up, and then how things kind of have come together to where you guys are today. Sure. So uh, my name is Chelsea Hansen and um, I married a fourth generation farmer and um, I did not grow up on a farm. I'm one generation removed from the farming life. So um, it's been a learning experience just living out here. And I, I did have the advantage of at least growing up in the country. So it was not a shock to me to like be removed <laughs> from uh, city life. My parents had a little bit of a hobby farm, so we did have some animals that we raised for our own freezers. Um, So I have that background as well. But just uh, getting acclimated to the lifestyle that is farming has definitely been a learning curve for me. Um, It's a great way of life. Uh, My husband, Joel, and I have two boys, Asher and Elias. And uh, it is such a joy to watch them grow up on the farm. They just they love it from the animals to the tractors and just getting to spend some of that quality time together that is so unique to farming. I mean, we we get to bring our kids along with us while we work, which is really unique to this lifestyle. Um, and so that that is wonderful, getting that quality time. So yeah, right now my, my husband is, uh, like I said, a fourth generation farmer. Uh, they've been doing crop farms, uh, mainly 
corn and soybeans and some hog operation too. And then just a, a few years ago, uh, one of his younger cousins graduated from college and decided to come back to the farm. And upon his arrival, uh, he and my husband decided to launch a new part of our farming ventures. And so they, they launched a, a beef business called Sass Lake Farms. And so now we raise black Angus beef and we really work hard at selling that directly to the consumer. Um, so that has been just an amazing addition to what we have already been doing here on the farm and just another way to spend time as a family too. So you guys hadn't had cattle up until that point, up until your cousin, uh, his it's his cousin, correct? Yes. Till mm -hmm. he came back, is that right? And then that was just... Well, I guess, yeah, I guess um, back in previous generations, uh, there were cattle on the farm. But it is a first-time experience for my husband and his cousin. So it, it is a new uh, venture for them and a new learning curve for them, too. So, so I'm, I'm semi-familiar with your part of the world in that my brother's in-laws are from Jackson. Uh, actually, okay. Al Alpha, Minnesota. So uh, I think like just so I was looking at the map from where you're at, and it's a little bit south west towards like Sioux Falls and so it's oh, okay. it's main you know I mean for the most part that's crop ground up there so yeah. having cattle in that it probably is a bit of a challenge I'd I, I would guess to maybe justify it sometimes I think but when you guys do it in a unique way which is kind of direct to consumer marketing mm -hmm. I'd say that's a that's a pretty good niche right there that you're getting to serve the people around you yeah it's it's been really an amazing way to just even connect with our community these last few years. Um, and even as we have been going through this really unique year that has been 2020 right. for everybody, um, just a unique way to serve our communities through doing things like delivery, you know, delivering meat right to people's doorsteps. That has been a really great outreach for us too. And we love connecting with people that way. So you know, when we started this business, we didn't know exactly what it was going to look like. But as we continue to get further into it, I think that that has been the beautiful, I don't, I'm not necessarily surprised, but just the, a beautiful aspect of it, of being able to connect directly to the consumer where we have not done that before on the crop side, of course, or even on the right. operation side. So I love that part. My part of the business has been the marketing. So I do the web design. Um, I'm on, I lead the way with uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, writing stories. And I, I think because I am that one generation removed, I mean, I ask, I ask a lot of questions that I think people who are reading our stories who did not grow up on the farm um, are also asking and want to know about what we do and what this life looks like in a day-to-day -day kind of way. What does it look like to produce beef, you know, from day one until we deliver it to their doorstep? So um, I think my storytelling has benefited from being removed from the farm up until, you know, marrying my husband. Um, so I love it. Yeah. That's a super valuable point of view because my wife didn't grow up on a farm. Sure. She grew up in the country, grew up close to it. You know, her mom had some goats, I think, at one time. But, you know, as far as a scale that we are, and we're not huge. We're not by any means. Um, but 
it was quite a culture shock to her at first, but having that, that fresh perspective and having all those times where for me, at least to have someone to ask me why we do things a certain way and maybe challenge the paradigms a little bit. I I've talked to early on, we talked to Val Farmer on the, on the podcast and he talked about the, you know, the relationships on the farm and it's valuable to have, because like, so what, here's what happens when you have two, a husband and wife who both grew up in farm, you know, they probably met at the local, uh, not the local, but the, the, whatever state land grant college where they both went to school for agriculture and their dads and moms probably both did it the same way. So that's the way they're going to do it. And, you know, they kind of get into this hamster wheel way of life and, there's no maybe why, because there was just like a lot of uh, kind of unsaid things that we just did it because dad did it this way. But when you have come from a fresh perspective, like you, like my wife comes from, and you know, you get to sit down and really ask why to a lot of these things and really get to the down to the meat of, of what the operations really are like, that's really valuable because it helps you to maybe shift your paradigms a little bit and um, it leads to things like maybe going into business with your cousin and yeah. having a having a direct to consumer beef operation you know i mean cool things like and you know when you have that fresh perspective it's 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 nice it's really nice because it really helps to challenge you yeah. and we don't do great things unless we challenge are, are challenged Right. No, I agree with that. And just even from a, a marital standpoint, just having this business has been great because, I mean, we're, it's given us even more of an opportunity to work together and to have those conversations of me really digging in deep and asking those why questions. And, you know, I've, I've got to present this in story and, and connect to our consumers. And, and I think that's where our teamwork has worked so well is because my husband and his cousin Eric are so busy on the farm just raising uh, the beef that it's difficult for them to have time you know to to market and to get out there and tell mm -hmm. these stories and so for me to come alongside and ask why and then write about it it just it works very well yeah no that's a super like yeah that adds another layer to where they're telling you or you're finding out why and then you're telling others why like i mean that just adds a whole nother kind of dimension to it and that's really cool because we need more people to understand what day-to-days are like and i think obviously with what happened over this last six months people are really questioning where their food comes from, where in the supply chain did it get broken, where there's no longer meat or milk or fiber or whatever else kind of food or fuel uh, available. And, you know, they're going to start going to places and it's valuable to have places like you who are going to tell a transparent and honest story of what's going on because there's a lot of people who are craving that right now. Right. Yeah, it has been really interesting this last year even in connecting with our community to have them ask how and what does this look like and just to follow the little story clips that we put out there on Instagram and on Facebook so just having that connection with our community and just remembering that I mean so many people don't grow up on the farm I mean they they've never had this experience and so to give them that visual of what it looks like to produce 
the cereal that they eat in the morning or the steak that they eat for their supper. I mean, I think it's really a great time to connect people with the between the farmer and you know the, the family dinner table. Well, they're going to get their information somewhere. You right. know, they're going to get it. And so they may as well get good information. That's the way I feel about it. Oh, and okay. then, you know, I mean, it's it's either us or it's it's animal rights activists or, you know, anti-ag people. Somebody's going to tell a story. Mm-hmm. It may as well be us telling a good one. Right. And for people to see that farmers care, like they care about the food that they're producing. They care about the land. They care about the animals. And my goodness, there's nobody that cares more than the people who are out there every day. You know, this is, I mean, there's family legacy wrapped up inside of this. There's just that connection with the animals in a day-to-day way, making sure that they're healthy and um, doing, doing well. So just, yeah, again, just to get that visual is so important, I think, for people to have that visual of what it actually looks like versus just the hot taglines that they might catch mm-hmm. online. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So I want to kind of transition here. And first of all, thank you for reaching out to me. This, you approached me with a subject that we're going to talk about here. And it's, it's been one where I've been wanting to chat about it. I've been wanting to get my own point of view across, but I wasn't sure exactly how to do that. And it's going to be talking about the mental health of men involved in agriculture. And you approached me, you sent me a message on Instagram and you were talking about the value of strong men. And in the last several years, and I full disclaimer here, and you and I talked about this before we talked about it before we started recording. I'm very thankful for women having a huge voice in agriculture. It is so valuable. It is so needed. If there wasn't women taking more active roles in agriculture, we would not be having these conversations surrounding uh, better relationships, better mental health, better taking care of ourselves. That wouldn't have happened. So I am 100% thankful for that. But something I am a little concerned about and have been kind of talking about it in, in myself and maybe suffering in silence a little bit was... Are men allowing themselves to be left behind? And are we are we devaluing the importance of a male role model in as a farmer, as a head of a family, as the traditional way things have been done for so many years? And you sent me a message and you expressed to me your concerns with this. And I want you to share your perspective on that coming from someone who is a woman in agriculture, because you see the value of it. You're, you're, you know, you're married to one, you're raising two of them, just like we are, we're raising four of them. And we want them to know, we want them to, and something I said that I think really resonated with you when we talk, when we is, we don't want to treat masculinity like it's a dirty word. It's, important for men to be masculine. So all that being said, I gave my two cents. I want I want to hear your perspective because I feel like it's super valuable. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to unpacking this subject with you because I think it really is such an important subject in this current climate. And so 
You know, for me, um, I think this has especially hit home the last few years because, as you mentioned, um, I have two little boys. And so I'm raising these two little farm boys with my husband. And, um, and as you also met, mentioned, there, there is a big push right now to acknowledge and, and value women's place and women's roles in agriculture and just in society in general, which I also fully support and, and think that it's great that women are getting the voice that they are getting right now. Within that, um, I, I also don't want to see men get left behind because it is not a man's role right now to just step aside so that only women can be heard and seen and valued and for their roles to just really shine. That, that's not equality. When, when I look at a male's role, it is so incredibly important that we have strong men in our society, in our communities, um, in our families. And I totally agree that I never want to see masculinity become a, a bad word. You know, there's a tagline right now going around that about toxic masculinity. And I think that that has um, gotten really mixed up. Um, yeah. I mean, there's well, to me, I've, what I've said is uh, I feel like toxic uh, masculinity in its true form cannot be toxic. So um, yeah. I feel like that is a oxymoron of sorts. Uh, I think people are confusing masculinity with chauvinism. Yeah. And uh, that's, mm -hmm. you know, sorry to break in, but that's that was kind of what kind of came to me there. Right. Hey, no, I, I agree. And I was also going to say just, you know, there's a difference between even just masculinity and being egotistical. Mm -hmm. You know, you take any human being who is self-centered, self-promoting, and um, that's an unhealthy way to be, whether that's in society or in a family or in a job place. So um, in agriculture right now, I mean, and this is just what I view as a wife and as a mom, where, I mean, I see my husband work these crazy long hours because he loves his family and he believes wholeheartedly in what he does, which is feeding people. You know, that's what we do. And to see him put in those long hours and then essentially within that promotion of ma uh, toxic masculinity, which is telling men to just be quiet, you know, it is not your time to shine. It's women's time. And I think the, where this has gotten crossed up is that it's, it's not a battle. It's not women versus men. It is about individuals making space for different people of different backgrounds, different gender to come to the table with their talents, with their strengths, and contribute you know, to society or to their job. So if we're going to really be a healthy society or even just a healthy family structure, it is everybody coming to the table and learning how to work together, not how to push someone else down so somebody else can be heard and recognized. And I think a, a really strong male understands that and fully supports that. I mean, that's what I see in my husband, and I've been really blessed to be around men in my family structure, um, my, my dad, my grandpas, my husband, 
who um, have been very supportive and always giving me space as a woman to be who I am and to follow my passions and my dreams. But I also need to do that. You know, for the men that are in my life, it has to go both ways. So men be men and women be women, and we all bring something of value to the table here. No, I totally agree with this. And so thank you for that. That you kind of brought this out of me and I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really thankful that you initiated this conversation because it's, it's, it's really important. I think it's almost been not quite an elephant in the room, but it's something that I don't want. I don't want men to be silent. I want men to stand up for women and assert their own roles as well, not domineering roles, not something that is a uh, the the you know because there is there's a there is a certain level of you know she's just a girl she's not going to be in charge of this or anything. That's a backward way of thinking. I 100 percent agree. But the the great things about being a man, the great things about have, being a strong leader of a family. Those do not need to be lost in that. And we need, we need women, we need men, we need all of it together to make this, this, this strong because I feel like agriculture is based on family values and family values don't necessarily, they, they aren't whole without, without a, a man, a woman, a father, a husband, a wife, a mother. I mean, all that together, all that, because there's so much involved in there's so many dynamics involved in those relationships that are just lost when you don't nurture that right no i i totally agree and you know when you when you <laughs> it really almost needs to be spoken out again and just a, a great reminder almost of you know what what does it mean to be masculine and what does it mean to be male um and strong and you know, as I am working. So tell me, tell me, what does yeah. it mean to you? Yeah, please <laughs> yeah. do. Because I don't know if it's under, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think people like uh, know, but they don't really know it in so many words. And I'm yeah. not sure what makes me. So what to you as, as a woman, as a wife, as a mother of boys, what yeah. does being masculine mean to you? Right. Yeah. And this is something I've thought on now that I'm raising boys when I am working with my boys and I'm thinking about what am I placing into their hearts that really encourages them to be and to live into who they were created to be, um, I'm thinking about words like being strong and courageous and faithful and persevering and kind and humble. There, there needs to be lessons in how to stand up when it's hard to stand up for something. When you have got the pressure of the world on your shoulders and you have to stand strong for your family and for your community that is not easy and mm -hmm. that is where um, I think men and their masculinity really shines like to be able to stand up when the pressures of the world are hitting them and say I've got responsibilities and if I don't show up um, there's a lot of people depending on me and I need to stick it through this storm and I also think just there is an amazing strength to men when they come to the table with that humility of heart um, that is also able to ask for help and say, you know, I, I have a vision here, but I know I can't do everything on my own because I'm human and um, 
that's where I see like my husband, you know, as he casts a vision for our business and for our relationship that he knows his strengths and he knows his weaknesses and, and we work together in that. Um, and he, he, men are us an amazing support and like he brings, my husband brings so much structure to our life and to our relationship. And it gives me that structure to really, to thrive within and who I am. So yeah, just, just those uh, words of, of strength and, and being brave and courageous. And you know, as I'm reading stories to my little boys, I mean, they just naturally gravitate towards stories of heroism you know, to like Robin Hood. I mean, that's just even a story that they love right, so much, yeah. you know, and it's such a basic story, but just to be that, that man that helps those who cannot help themselves and has that inner strength that uh, it just shines. So for me, when I think about training my boys, those are some of the things that I really try to instill into their heart bravery and strength are the things that I, I feel like make a man. And when I talk, when I think about someone who was brave and, and strong, I think about my own father mm. and he, I'm going to, I'm going to try and not tear up here because mm. uh, my dad's in the, in the last years of his life and mm. he's an amazing man, has been an amazing man, has been an amazing father, amazing husband, amazing leader in this community. And he's the person who taught me how to be a man. And it wasn't through necessarily sitting down and telling me in so many words but it was about being an example. And most, I think, you know, the thing that I, I, I've been these last several months, I've been reflecting over the things that my dad has taught me. And, you know, he's taught me a lot about how to be a businessman, how to be, how to do certain things. But, you know, the things I think that have, have really stuck with me the most is how he treated my mom, mm. how he always made her feel special and how he, I remember he sat down and this, I don't know if this is deviating from the conversation or not, but I, it's one of my favorite things about my dad. And um, one of the things I've taken to heart as to how to be a good husband is he was sitting in the coffee shop, you know, like farmers do uh, talking to his, talking to his friends. And I think some of his friends, and when I say friends, these were guys in their sixties, you know? So I was, I was probably in high school when this was happening or in college and, all these guys were talking about how their wives were spending a lot of money at the beauty shop to get their hair done or makeup or whatever. And my dad's like, I remember, and this wasn't popular, you know, because, but he didn't care. He said, you know, if, if a woman wants to spend the money to, if, if, if helps them feel beautiful, mm. then I'll never complain about that. And like, uh, he told me that and that's been like the one thing that I have like always kind of kept in my back pocket in the back of my mind about how to be a good husband is, is, is letting your wife take care of herself. Never complain about how your wife takes care of yourself. And, you know, that was probably 20 years ago and he told me that and um, way before I was ever even thinking about being married. And but still to this day that's something that's stuck with me. And, you know, that's the kind of things that it takes to make good men. Um, it's not being domineering. It's not being an asshole. It's being strong. It's being 
but at the same time being humble and vulnerable enough to admit that you 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 want your wife to be beautiful you want to Mm -hmm. enjoy a good relationship with her and Mm -hmm. man i just that's that's bringing out a lot of emotions with me right now because it makes me like so thankful to have had that influence in my life and that's that it mean to this day like it shows i mean like i said that was probably 20 years ago when he told me that but those those lessons that we teach our kids as we teach our boys they last forever mm-hmm. and that's that's the important work we're doing as fathers and and it's not that you know it, it's not a one way or the other it's a it's a harmonious relationship where you say where men and women are working synergistically in this industry in life to make it best for everybody around us right now i love that story and i mean it's such a good reminder that as you know you're raising kids that you never know when those moments are going to hit when they are listening and remembering right. You know, like right. that with your dad. And so, I mean, he probably probably wasn't even thinking like, okay, this is a life lesson that I'm going to teach my son. You know, he was right. just responding from the core of who he is, which is a good man, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And so when men respond to the core of who they are as in being a good man, amazing things happen. And our communities and our families benefit from moments like that when men are men and they support their wives and they support their children and who they are and value their wives and value their children. And that was a up close and personal moment where you got to hear your dad valuing your mom and Mm -hmm. it left an impression on you. And that's what good men do. They leave a good impression that lasts and it passes on from generation to generation. So God bless good men because you know what? We need them and our children need them. And I'm just, I mean, I'm thankful that my boys have my husband to look up to because I know like, I, I mean, I don't even have to worry. I mean, I know that, I mean, they're picking up on so many good things just by him being a good man. Um, so let's, let's, let's talk about him. What, yeah. what does he do to you? And, you know, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here, I know, a little bit. But what are some of the things that he does as a husband, as a father, that mm-hmm. help you understand that, that he's, he's, he's doing what it takes to, to raise young men? Yeah. Well, I mean, just in our, our unique relationship, I mean, he, he didn't marry a farm girl, right? So I brought things to the table that were very different from the life that he was currently living and a little bit of my background is that um, I I love the arts. My degree is in piano performance, you know, so it's not like I came here, you know, birthing cows, like that's not what I grew up with. And so, I mean, he has always supported me in my love and my passion for the arts and that has a place out here um, in the life that we lead. And so he never expected me to diminish my passions to fit this life there there's room for both and for both of us to flourish and support one another and share like it wasn't just that he said oh yeah go do that um i mean he's taken a keen interest in in who i am and the things that i love and i think i mean that is that's the heart a heart of humility right to make room for other people and to be uh, 
genuinely interested in who they are and to experience it too, even if it wasn't something that, you know, you naturally are interested in. Um, yeah. It, sorry. It's just, I, I think that's, I think that's so great. Like, and I didn't mean, again, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but when you talk about being able to share in one another's interests, again, I'll, I'll, I'm going to relate this to my own life. Carrie, you know, Carrie's a yoga instructor. I don't know the first thing about yoga. Yeah. I could, I could, up for the first 35 years of my life, I had no interest in it. I, I, I could have cared less. But seeing her so passionate about something makes me want to be interested in it and makes me want to learn a little bit. And I don't know everything she knows. I'll never know any, everything she knows. And that's okay. But being able to, talk to her in an intelligent manner about some of these things. You're right. That's what you say. That's great for a relationship. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, both of us have broadened our experiences, our ways of thinking simply by being involved in each other's interests and lives and the things that we, we bring into this uh, relationship. So as far as our, our boys, I mean, he's a hands-on dad. I mean, whether it's you know helping with bedtime or um, bringing them along to to check the, the steers or to you know ride um, while we harvest our crops. I mean, he's a big believer in learning on the job and that people pick up life skills by just being around one another. And so, I mean, my boys are learning right now about what it means to be faithful to a job you know showing up every day even when it's hard even when things aren't going the way you hoped that they would go um you still show up you still do the work and you work hard and you ha and believing and having faith that good things come from hard work and faithfulness and so you can tell a child that you can tell them it's important to and to persevere and to be strong, but it's so much more impactful and it goes so much deeper if they see it and they grow up with that. And so um, I'm just really thankful that I mean, my boys are getting to grow up with that picture of true masculinity of what does it look like to be strong for your family and to be faithful every single day. Because I mean, without him in the picture, I mean, I mean, I can do, I mean, my role is important too in their lives sure, and I bring sure, in my absolutely. own it, but I'm not yeah. a man. I'm not their no. dad. And so my- Just like I'm not a woman, yeah, you know, right. I mean, yeah. same deal. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like the things that she can do for our kids, for our relationship, I cannot do. Like, I don't have them in me because of my biology and that's, and that's okay because it takes to, it takes, it takes us both. It right. takes that nuclear family, the strength of that nuclear family to make the best. And again, I, I want to just, I want to put disclaimers out there. I am not mm -hmm. any, any way devaluing a single, single mother, a single father. I, I commend them. I'm so happy. And there are some absolutely great children that come out of those situations. Uh, but I feel like we give this, we give our kids the best chance when we both show up as well as we can as a mother and a father, a husband and a wife. Right. No, totally agree. And yeah, as you mentioned, you know, for the single moms or dads out there, 
man high five because sure. you're doing a great job you're doing an amazing job because you do yeah. it doesn't matter you have mm -hmm. to do two jobs right you know, you know so i mean that's i i think i that's that's commendable because that and, and so hard and i but i, I just want to make sure and say that because but it does not take away from what you and I are talking about here in in valuing the the role that men bring to the table. Right. So yeah. So when you do have the situation of you know mom and dad in the family, and just as we are specifically talking about the importance of dad, and that when dad is there and dad shows up every day and is a a, vi a visual of what it means to be a man and to be strong. I mean. Our society needs it. Our families need it, you know, sure. and it's just, it's so important. Yeah, it's so important. I, I, I couldn't agree and more. I, and I just I, want I, men to hear that, you know, men like you and men like my husband. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that because I, I think a lot of times some people see, some people mistake being silent as being manly and being masculine and stoicism does have a certain certain role in this from time to time but we need we need men to be more vocal in these roles and helping people to understand that it's super important for that that the world needs a man just as he is as a man but at the best best version of him and i i don't want i don't want that to disappear I do not want to, and I refuse to let it disappear because of how important it is to, to the structure of society. Right, right. And you know what? It, I mean, none of us come into this world a finished product. So whether you're male or female, I mean, we're all journeying and hopefully growing and becoming healthier individuals throughout our entire lifetime. So, I mean, we all make mistakes and we all have bad attitude moments or whatever you want to say. Sure. But in the midst of all of that, even when you have that bad, bad day, it's important, you know, and that, oh, that amazing character quality that men still have to show up and keep doing the, the tough job because they, they have a really, oh, a, just a deep inner strength that um, propels them, you know, to keep showing up and keep doing the hard work. Um, and to support and um, to provide, you know, I think those are just some really intrinsic uh, ways that men are just wired and right. it's, you need it. So, yeah, we absolutely do. And I appreciate you getting that, that sparking this conversation and reaching out to me and, you know, being open enough to be able to come on a podcast here tonight because. Like I said, I could have talked about this for a long time, and I don't think anybody it would have been as impactful. But to have an, a woman come on here and share her own testimony of what it's like, of of how important the family structure is, um, I really think it's powerful, and it helped me realize some things, and it got me to again, it got me to share some things about my phone, my own experience with masculinity and my own stories with my with my own father and how valuable and and you know maybe reinstill that to me and and help me understand uh, like i said never know what that 
20 year down the road moment what, that my kids are going to remember. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, right. so I mean, I know you wonder, I, right? Like what stories will they remember? <laughs> right, right. So, well, I, I want to be respectful of your time here tonight. Where, what's the uh, people follow, to, for people to follow you online? I know you're on Instagram and Facebook. Share that with, with everyone and I'll link all that in the show notes as well. Sure. So you can find us on Facebook and Instagram through SLF Angus Beef. And SLF stands for Sass Lake Farms. Where did that come from, the Sass Lake? I meant to ask you that in the beginning. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody kind of knows, like, we're, we're from Minnesota. And so Minnesota is known as being the land of 10,000 lakes. And sure. we, we have lakes. And there's a lake right next to the pasture that is Sass Lake. So Sass Lake. Sass Very cool. Lake. Easy. Yes. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like names that are easy. You know what I mean? Like, right. they make sense. <laughs> right. There's a lake. So, okay. There you go. Easy enough. Awesome. Right. Well, Chelsea, I appreciate it. So here's my plan for this. I want it to come up. So no, uh, we talked before, November is me traditionally Men's Health Month. And a lot, of, a lot of November, I'm going to be featuring only men and kind of talking about important roles as husbands and fathers and, and just as men. And what I, what I, my plans for this episode are to release it in the last week of October, kind of as like a lead in to that month. So that's when we, you can be looking for it. And, uh, obviously people who are listening right now know that it's, that it's then. So, uh, um, that's, uh, that's kind of the plan. So I appreciate you helping me kick that off and, uh, bringing a wife and mother's perspective to this. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was a great conversation and I, I appreciate you giving uh, the platform just to have the conversation because that is really the first step in any of this, right? And, and being healthy and having sure. a healthy society and family is just to have these conversations. Right. A hundred percent. Totally agree. And I'm so thankful that I have this platform because, you know, it's made me meet some great people like yourself and just it's been great for my own health to be able to interact with people on a, on a, another level than just, you know, mm -hmm. kind of through a, through a keyboard, you know, it's just, it's been nice. That's awesome. No, thanks. This has been great. I appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Thanks a bunch. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.